make bigger profits in your small business, like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it these days, business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a profit and business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability and guides your growth. I want to share some strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. So I'm really excited today to have my guest Monique on with me. Monique Edemudia, I think I'm pronouncing it well, um, is the founder of Dragon Digital Marketing. It's a digital marketing agency for small businesses based out in St. Petersburg, Florida. But what's really important about her is she's really passionate about educating and inspiring small business owners to build an online presence and to grow their business with the power of great digital marketing. She's an execution-driven consultant, just like us, right, Uh, that just does not just talk, but does the walk. So Monique is super um, in tune with getting to understand your buyer's uh, persona. And I think that's the foundational piece that most people miss when they're doing their marketing. So I'm super happy to have Monique on with us today. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast, Monique. Hi, thanks for having me, Marcy. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So, okay, I told you I wouldn't talk about this, but when we got on the phone, I was uh, I was complaining about an experience that I just had. A couple of girlfriends and I are getting ready. We're going to take this wonderful kind of uh, girls week at the beach, kind of don't tell anything, get real wild and that kind of stuff. And um, the, the, the travel agent was um, just before this call was highlighting the place that she was recommending to us. And she was talking about a couple's um, sandals, you know, a couple's resort and they had couple pictures and romantic this and all the lovey dovey. She didn't even hear what we wanted and was sending us down a rabbit hole. So um, what's the biggest trick to help avoid that kind of situation? Exactly. That's exactly what you want to avoid. You want to listen to your customers and make sure that you understand what they want before you recommend anything to them. You have to, you know, you have to get them what they want. That's what you're there for. So you have to get to know them first and in a more detailed way than just a surface. So it's not enough to know just the age range and demographics or whatever. You really want to dig deep. So your messaging, your marketing, all of your communication feels like a one-on-one conversation, even if it's, you know, like a social media post or an email blast or whatever it may be, you want to tailor it so it resonates with people because if it doesn't, people won't end up buying from you because they're thinking, oh, that's not for me. That's not what I wanted. And that's exactly what you achieve by having detailed buyer personas. You know, that's, that's perfect. And had she had, um, I mean, I thought we communicated this to her very well. So maybe she wasn't listening. I'll I'll, I'll throw her that bone, but I think that's it. It's understanding who that buyer is that you want to connect with and having the right, the right information for them. So they buy, because, you know, you only have a couple of seconds to make a good impression. And it's just, it boggles me how many people just try and shoot with a with a pellet gun and it just kind of rains out hoping they'll get somebody rather than really getting to know who that number one client is for you absolutely 
Yeah. So tell me about some of the things that you want to look at when you're when you're doing your research on, well, or maybe even let's take a step back further. How do we choose our our ideal client, our perfect buyer persona? Yeah. So it all starts with the market research. You have an idea about, you know, what you want to do in your business, who you want to serve and what kind of service you want to provide or product that you want to sell. So you are in a particular industry and that industry has, you know, subcategories and um, smaller niches within the overall market. And you want to position yourself in one of those niches. So your position can't be uh, very broad because um, you're just not going to be able to be heard through the noise with everything that's going on nowadays. There's so much competition. There's the big companies out there with their million and billion dollar marketing budgets. So you have to pick a niche and be super, super specific. And then within that niche, you'll find a specific type of person, a specific persona, um, how we call it, that you want to market to. And that's just a group of people. Those are your ideal clients, your ideal customers who you want to market to. And they have a lot of different points in common that connect them and you want to identify them. And the first thing that you do when you do your buyer persona research is you ask questions and you listen. You actually listen what your ideal customers want (laughs) and you listen to understand. A lot of people, you know, active listening is really about understanding the other person and not just listening to reply. Um, You can't have like this idea in your head of like, you know, this, um, yeah, like you you press a play button and you uh, repeat like an automated message like, oh, this is the product that I just want to sell right now. This is the, you know, vacation that I want to sell right now or the service or this or that product, whatever it may be. And you're just gonna um, play, uh, play that, um, <laughs> play that program and, you know, say the same words over and over again in your head to every client without listening to their needs and their wants and their pain points and their fears, their desires, their objections, whatever it may be. So yeah, it's not a one size fits all. You can't have that cookie cutter approach when you want to be successful. You need to tailor it a little bit more and listen actively, ask questions. You can do surveys, do some Google research on your own, uh, use some marketing analytics tools, analyze your social media following and their engagement and activity. And that's how you gather all of that information about what the people um, who come to you actually want and need. Wow, that was a, that was a pretty long list of things that we need to do um, uh, to to find out. But I, I guess I guess the trick to to get started is really you know find out um, who you want to work with. Right, the worst thing to do is have a bunch of clients that you hate. Right, so find out who you want to work with. Um, but but I think that when we when we look at um, our business. People tend to be afraid to niche down because they're afraid of losing opportunities for other things or I sell more than one solution. How do you how do you justify and, and convince them that that one particular niche is the right thing? 
Yes, that's a natural feeling. I can totally relate to that. I think it's completely normal. We want to serve the maximum amount of people out there with our business and make the most amount of money to be successful, to grow and scale and, you know, just impact more people's lives and help more people out ultimately. The thing is that it's such a crowded place out there nowadays. You know, we have the internet, the digital world, you're competing with people from across the globe, you know, people in other countries, other continents. Um, It's just so much going on out there. And if you're not niching it down and you're talking to too many people, you're essentially trying to talk to everybody. What happens is that you end up talking to nobody because it's not specific enough. If you just have those, you know, general um, phrases and, you know, messages uh, going on uh, that are just not really personal and not really, you know, getting people and and touching people and get them to pay attention because people are bombarded with marketing messages 24-7. They're all over the place. Uh, So the way that you stand out is by really making it super personalized and super targeted. So it doesn't even feel like a marketing message anymore. It really feels like a conversation with like a friend or a family member that really knows you because they tailor their messaging to you, right? If you get a message uh, from a friend, you wouldn't even like waste a second thinking like, oh, have they sent that same message to like 500 other people (laughs) right now? No, they've sent it just to you because they have that context of your past interactions that you've had together, uh, you know, past experiences that you've shared, activities that you've done, they have all of that context and you want to achieve the very same thing in your business to make it as as personal and as human as you possibly can. And that's why you gather all of that information. I love it. I love it. So when gathering that information, um, so say I've, I've, I've narrowed it down. And um, uh, so we narrow it down to that one person. And then when we start to gather, you gave us a pretty long list of things that you can do, the market research and the analytics and so on. But where does someone begin? Um, do they start with a, a list of who that person is and, and the qualities of them? Or maybe do you start with their problems? Yes, you definitely start out with the problem that your business uh, wants to solve. What challenges are you helping to overcome your customers? And then you start with your existing customers because you want to make it as realistic as you possibly can. A buyer persona is a semi-fictional representation of your ideal customers. So some of it is fictional, but some of it is real. Of course, you can make educated guesses, but there's always, you know, the threat of assuming things that are just wrong. <laughs> Do you mm. just think some things are like that, but in reality, they're not. And people think completely differently. They have completely, you know, different frustrations or they just have different priorities or things that you, um, you know, wouldn't think about. So it's best to ask your existing customers and just, you know, call them up. And yeah, just just like, a you know, a normal person who cares and who wants to get an update, who wants to get some feedback. Typically, people are flattered if you ask them for their opinion and, you know, their opinion matters to you. If you want to optimize your product or service and you're asking them what they can improve and how happy they are, uh, not being salesy at all, not being pushy at all, really just asking them for your opinion with no other, you know, thought in your head and no hidden agenda. And you'll be surprised that you get a lot of, you know, um, positive responses back from a lot of people. 
How successful? I see a lot of people doing surveys. I mean, some people will respond to those surveys and some people just don't respond to them. Do you recommend a survey or do you recommend maybe picking up the phone and going old fashioned and saying, hey, you know, here's some questions that I'd like to ask you. Can you share five minutes of your time? Sure. Yes. Surveys are great because you collect all of the responses and then you have it like all in one place. A lot of survey tools, they already give you like reports so you can see it all visualized in graphs and you, it makes it easy to work with the data. The thing is that the response rate of surveys is like not the best. A lot of people, like you said, they just ignore them. They don't feel like filling out the survey. So the best thing that you can really do is reach out one-on-one in a personal lot use a personalized message. Don't use like a bulk messaging uh, bot that you connect with your LinkedIn and or whatever and, you know, annoy people like that, but really pick up the phone um, and call people up and just ask them. Yes. And, and reach out and how, uh, just how be, big of yeah. a, how big of a, um, how big of a survey do you need to have? I mean, not how many questions, but um, how many people would make a good survey base for you to say, yes, this is the common problem that they have? I think 50 responses are great. You don't need, you know, hundreds and hundreds of responses. You'll see most, mostly after like five uh, submissions or five responses that you get, you already uh, start seeing patterns and you already start hearing um, answers that repeat themselves over and over again. So you get a better idea. So I would definitely say if you have less than five, that will be not enough to be, um, yeah, to, to have a reasonable result that you can really generalize and turn into a persona. But yeah, somewhere between those lines depends on how many existing customers you already ha- have had, how you know large your target audience is. If it's just like 10,000 people in your niche is super, super small, um, it's different from if you have like 4 million people in your target audience that have that issue that you aspire to solve. So it depends from case to case, but I think that's like a good guide guideline something uh, between five and 50. Is there any kind of services that you can um, do research on to find that information out? So if you don't have time or maybe you don't have the audience to call and, and, and get that information, is there any kind of service that would have kind of general guidelines? Um, let's just say uh, small business owners have these five common problems or these are the concerns they're worrying about. How, you know, is that possible? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of reports out there on the internet. There's industry reports for every industry. You can check them out. You can find them with a Google search. Some are super detailed and you have to pay for them. They can get like expensive and cost like $5,000 or more, right? (laughs) But not all of them. Uh, Some of them are free. Um, most often you don't have to go into, you know, that much detail to get your buyer persona. So really, you know, you have to know what your budget is and do the right thing. And then of course, uh, use your Google analytics and your other marketing analytics tools. Another great tool is the Facebook audience insights tool within Facebook ads manager. You can uh, see a lot of things there. Uh, do they have like a common food and, and beverage that they like in common? Get really detailed there. Maybe uh, Facebook 
Facebook sees a correlation there that your specific target audience is 17 times more likely to like Oreos than the average Facebook user is. And then you can pick up on that in your messaging and so on. And so, uh, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. Statistics, uh, check out Statista, uh, people that have been doing um, surveys and, you know, other studies. So you can definitely find it out there. And a love lot of it. information is free. I, I love this, this idea of really digging into your customers. Let's talk about, um, you know, you, you hit on that point about Oreos, you know, what is your client interested in that is not necessarily business related? Because you can tap into that, right? For your messaging that would maybe attract them. So if they do like Oreos over chocolate chip or they like, you know, um, Reese's versus Snickers or whatever, we're just <laughs> talking yes. candy or something, but you can attract them or, or catch them with, with a hook like that, right? Absolutely. Yes. That's so crucial because no matter whether you're in B2B or B2C, everybody is in P2P, people to people, right? Oh, I love people, that. Yeah. People buy from people and we deal with people. We communicate with people. Um, if we find a person sympathetic because we can empathize with them, that makes a world of a difference. So you definitely want to get personal and it's not unprofessional at all. Um, the opposite is true. It just helps you to connect better and you really want to dive super deep into their culture what foods they like what's their lifestyle what's their demeanor do they have some common identifiers where do they like to shop their favorite clothes like um everything if you're you know uh, working with businesses, what's the report line? Who's in the buying center? Who's actually going to use your product? Is it a different person than the decision maker who actually mm. makes a decision? Um, you know, who um, who is uh, responsible for the budget? So do you have to get buy-in from, from different people and look at the dynamic and the company there? What tools that do they use to communicate? You know, some people prefer email over phone. Some people prefer chat. Some people prefer um, whatever it may be. So look at those uh, things. Look at what social media platforms they use and you know, where they're on and what purpose they're on those social media platforms for. That's super important because maybe a large portion of your target audience might be on Twitter, but all they're interested in is getting the latest news and they're just not ready and in the right mindset to receive business information from you. Mm. So you still might want to contact them on LinkedIn or on a different network where, um, you know, the expectation and the mindset is right. So really, really go into deep detail there. And um, if it's a company, look up the company mission and vision and what they want to achieve and all of that and really look at the aspirations, the daily frustrations. Do you know that there's two common pieces of software that people uh, that most people in that industry that you serve work with and they're not well integrated together. And it's like a common frustration that you can pick up on. There's so many things that you can pick up and think of. Um, and that's just going to take you to the next level if you incorporate all of those things in your buyer persona. Wow. So you really have to be a detective, right? I mean, there's there's this could be overwhelming for the small business owner to really be able to do that kind of detailed research. How else can they do that? Is there any kind of, um, well, obviously that's something that, you know, you specialize, but is there some sort of um, tool or trick or idea that, that they can do to make that a little less scary or maybe overwhelming? 
Yeah, it's a bunch of tools, definitely. So um, it can start with your website analytics. It can start with your social media following, analyzing that, clicking on all of those people's profiles and actually checking out, well, who are they? What other pages do they like? What are their interests and so on and so forth? And just gathering the information and you look out for common patterns and similarities that you see and that you can touch upon. And then obviously look at what your competition does. You want to position yourself in a unique way. You can definitely get inspiration from there, but you want to stand out and be unique. So you want to do something different than what they do. And then like puzzle pieces, you assemble all of those different pieces of information together. And then you come up with, you know, your, your plan, your marketing plan. And then um, it's just clear. Everything falls into place because you have all of this information in front of you. And then it's logical how you're going to execute step-by-step with all the information that you have. And, you know, how are you going to start a conversation? Um, How are you going to, you know, engage in small talk? What are you going to mention on your sales pages, your landing pages? What are your next social media posts going to look like? Um, What kind of analogies and metaphors can you use in your next email newsletter to explain uh, this more technical concept or whatever it may be? It really helps you. uh, It really facilitates everything. Yes. Wow. So it, it's it's clear that this is the essential piece, that puzzle piece you were talking about, uh, understanding your buyer persona for every single thing else you're going to do outside of this. So it, it kind of like when you drop the, the, the pebble in the pond and it starts to ripple out. I mean, this yes. is a pretty big foundational piece, understanding your buyer persona, right? Absolutely. Yes. For your entire business. For yeah, sure. it, it completely makes sense. So when we're looking at our buyer persona and um, we're digging into it and we're doing the research and we have someone like you on our team that can really get into the analytics and, and helping us um, uh, sift through the, the data that's coming our way, um, is there a lot that we want to pick up on or, or do we really just pick up on a, a handful of things after we've sifted through them and then go after those kind of um communication tools and, and, and concepts or, or interest points that they have. We're, we're not going to catch on all of them. We're, we're going to probably narrow it down to a handful, right? Yeah. So certain things are more important than others. So definitely mm. um, age is super important. Location is super important. Um, you know, people's, people's um, daily habits, what they do every single day um, in their life or in their job is super important. And then the other things are just details that you can use here and there when you need to fill something. And, you know, your buyer persona template is really a document that you reference over and over again whenever you're stuck and you're like, mm, what's the topic of my next blog post going to be about or my next podcast episode or this and that? Like, just what should I do <laughs> for my marketing, for my target mar- market? What should I put out there in terms of content, uh, whatever it may be? For writing your ads, um, everything really, you reference your buyer persona template. And if it's detailed enough, you will have a feel there for everything that you're ever going to need. Um, And some you reference more often than others, but you definitely want to make it as detailed as possible. So you don't miss out on any opportunities there because it's already uh, like a mix of of different people. That persona already represents a whole segment in your target audience. You know, I had a I had a a, um, a partner and and someone I followed uh, that used to do this, and they would actually, you know, create 
a, a, what do I call, you know, those like memory boards or not memory boards, um, vision boards, you know, where they would have all these pictures all, you know, put together that they cut out out of newspapers. Well, they would do that in sort of what their buyer persona was. So they'd have one picture of the person, say it's Bob and Bob, it looks like this generally and all the details about Bob out there. And then they would like put it up on the wall. And so it was always in this, this visual place that they would work on. Um, but I like that, that you're referring back to it because it's such a, such a monumental um, piece of that puzzle that you've got to have that in, in just front and center that you can refer back to it. I also had someone that said, well, what would, what would Jane do? Who's Jane? Well, Jane's our ideal customer, you know? <laughs> so they knew him like, they knew the person like that. And um, I just love it. It made it so connective um, to it. But it seems it seems a little overwhelming when you get into all the details, though. So um, I'm looking I'm looking for maybe a, a, a an easy way to kind of put it in together and 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 make it simple for our listeners so they can get started on it and and get moving. What are some of the easy peasy tips that we can do? Yeah. So you do it step by step. You definitely don't come up with your buyer persona overnight. So you gather data over time. One of the most common mistakes that I see when people create their buyer personas is they either make them too real or too fictional. Too real meaning you take one customer as an example, and then you put all of the information of that one customer into your buyer persona. And it basically becomes a description of just that one person. (laughs) But obviously not everybody's exact like just that one person or too fictional, meaning they're just assuming everything and guessing everything, thinking that they already know it without asking actual questions. And you just start with the information that you actually have. And a great tip is to put a face to the name, give your persona a name, personify them. That's what personas are for. Um, Have like a little avatar or a stock photo of how that person looks like. That helps you a lot and, you know, just humanizes your customers. We see so many data and numbers of likes and followers, unsubscribes. Uh, comments, page wizards, whatsoever. It's its all numbers, but behind all of those numbers are human beings. They're real people. So yeah, give them a name, give them a face and start step-by-step step with what you already know. And then, um, yeah, work your way to the nitty gritty. <laughs> I love time. it. I love it. That makes it, that makes it tolerable and bite-sized to just come in and, and get started on it, have a handful of characteristics that you could do. And then you know, you can always test, you know, and ask your clients, does, is this something that's important to you? And they can tell you yes or no, and then you can keep building on it from there. So I like that. Exactly. It makes it a lot easier to, to figure out. Okay. So, um, buyer persona, does it matter? One more thing. Um, does it matter whether it's male or female or, uh, you also mentioned age. You said that that's really important to understand. Yes, definitely. So that's what you want to research. Um, Is your target audience predominantly male or predominantly female? And that's what's going to determine if your persona is going to be a woman or a man. Um, You have to find that out. And um, 
It depends whether it matters or not. For example, you could just have one persona for your entire business. If the product that you sell and the service that you provide are not very gender specific and it doesn't, the gender doesn't really matter for that particular thing versus when you realize, okay, women use it entirely differently and they're looking for different things in the same product or in the same service than men do because you just realize, oh, they ask you different questions, different things are important to them. They have different struggles. They have different needs. Then you would create two personas because they're two separate segments of your target audience. Exactly. And then you would have like a man and a woman. Uh, Same with age. Younger people, you'll adjust your messaging and just, yeah, handle it differently than people in older generations. So look at what makes sense for your business and for your audience and segment it from there. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, this has been a wealth of information, Monique. This has been, I mean, you've just, you've, you've, you've brought up so many ideas of ways to, to talk with clients, um, potential clients, but more, important, more importantly, to understand that potential client so that that way your communication is like a friend. I love that. It's like, it's one-on-one and, you know, you're asking me how my day was or uh, did you get that fixed? And, and so it's a much more gentler conversation rather than this, like, um, you know, like you said, the, 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 the standard response to all these things makes, I think that's what makes it sound so salesy is when it is standard and not catered design. Exactly. Yes. It can be super salesy or just irrelevant. Like let's say for example, if you're a realtor, right? Uh, the people who want to rent apartments, you just uh, sent them marketing campaigns about renting apartments because they don't want to buy houses versus the people who want to buy houses, you can send them uh, marketing campaigns uh, for, um, you know, that are about buying houses. And then first time home buyers, again, it's different from people who buy houses as investment properties. So that would be different segments. And then the people who already um, own houses, you can send them marketing campaigns about selling their house. So everything that makes sense for your business, um, do that, you know, singles are looking for different things when they're looking for a vacation, uh, than couples or yes, so many different things. Um, if you're about, you know, all about gardening people who have plants because they want to grow their own fruits and vegetables because they want fresher ingredients when they cook every day are not interested in news about purely decorative plants. So make sure, you know, look at what makes sense for your business and segment it from there. What kind of buckets does it make sense for you to create? And that's how you go about it with the personas. So you don't want to have too many uh, because that doesn't make sense either, but you also don't want to have too few, uh, not enough personas. So yeah, it's it's very individual. Makes complete sense to have a couple of little avenues that you can go down and, and, and talk to, but it's, it's all understanding what the, what the use is and this problem that you solve and, and the, how it, how it works with that ideal person. So I'm loving this. This was really good stuff, Monique. I appreciate it. So where can listeners find out more about you and maybe get some help in detailing that buyer persona down? 
Right. <laughs> so the best way to contact me is through my website and that's dragon-digital-marketing.com. Uh, Dragon Digital Marketing, that's the name of my uh, digital marketing agency. We're happy to help you out with your buyer personas and many, many more things as well. And I have a free buyer persona template that you can download. It's a template. So you just have it all uh, ready in one handy document. There is a lot of fields and questions that you have in there that you can ask yourself and your ideal clients and you're not starting from scratch when you're overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, what should I start with? What should I incorporate? Right. So that has everything in there. It's a a really comprehensive template and it's free, obviously. So you can grab it and download it for free on the website as well. And again, that's dragon-digital-marketing.com. Love it. And by the way, tell us now why um, I saved it for the end because I think you have a really cool thing about you. So dragon... Uh, there's a reason that you have dragon in your business name, right? Yes, I love dragons. I'm obsessed with them. I think they're so cute. I have a bearded dragon as a pet myself, and that's like the whole uh, theme of the business, the dragon theme. So yes, <laughs> that's why oh, I have it in my for, business name as well. Thanks for sharing that. So that would be a typical understanding of what who your ideal client is to know what kind of animals they like, right? Yes, and so if I was example. sending you kitty and puppy pictures and you're going boring... But if I sent you a dragon picture, you would go, oh, my God, she knew I like dragons. <laughs> so, exactly. Yes. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, that, it's the little detail that, that makes the whole thing work out. So I'm so happy to have met you and to learn about your business and helping us learn about our how we can make our business improve with understanding that buyer persona. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So listeners, I hope you got an idea today uh, or two to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. So considering what has happened over the past year, now more than ever, it is even more important to create your own profit plan so that you'll have a thriving business. I've as well put together six easy action tips that you can put into your business immediately that will make some impact. So you can go pick those up at failproofbiz, that's B-I-Z.com. And that's a, a quick uh, action tips that you can put into work today. So uh, Monique and I would love to hear your questions or ideas or feedback uh, on today's podcast. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a comment and uh, obviously subscribe because you'd want to hear some more ideas coming up. And you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks again, Monique. You're welcome.